Sophie Treadwell interviews Pancho Villa from the New York Tribune, August 28, 1921. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Visit to Villa, A Bad Man, Not So Bad, by Sophie Treadwell. This first authentic interview with Francisco Villa was obtained by Sophie Treadwell, the Tribune correspondent who sent out from Mexico the first story of the flight of Carranza. This correspondent was granted the first interview with President Obregón of Mexico when he took the reins of government after the overthrow of Carranza. The Tribune's correspondent also sent out the first authentic and detailed story of the killing of Carranza. The story of the flight of Carranza was a graphic piece of detailed writing. This story of Villa, the most picturesque figure of modern Mexico, reveals a Villa hitherto a stranger to the American press. The author's acknowledgment is due to Eduardo John Wiedemeyer, of monterey mexico the friend de confianza of villa who made this long desired interview a reality is man's reputation just another of the god's little jokes is they say always a perversity and a man who always a paradox is black really white and white really black and things always not what they seem? Was Lord Chesterfield a boor, and Dr. Johnson a boor? Was Solomon celibate, and little George Washington a liar? I ask because I have just come to know that famed so-called bandit Francisco Villa. Villa lays down his arms. Nobody believed it. This was a year ago in Mexico City. Carranza overthrown. Gonzales out politicoed. Obregón triumphant. And then the headlines. Villa lays down his arms. We read after the headlines. Villa, from an unknown village called Musquis, near Sabinas, in the state of Coahuila, had called up the National Palace in the capital and offered to quit fighting. How came Villa in the village of Musquis in Coahuila when the news before had announced him in Chihuahua? Bottled up, his little army surrounded, General Amaro and his Yaquis about to close in on him. We read further. Villa had ridden overland more than 450 miles, leading several hundred men all that was left of his following, across terrible open country in absolute secrecy, so that, instead of surrendering to the then Federals where they had him, he made his terms with them from where they didn't have him, or the least chance of getting him. And his terms were land of the patria for himself and his followers to retire to in peace, in peace derisive laughter from half a world via in peace huh huh he asked the ranch of canutillo 
far off in the hills of durango where was this canutillo exactly i wanted to go out there then from mexico city north on the main line to el paso two days and nights to jimenez from jimenez west one day on a side road through parral to rosario the end of the line and from rosario horseback three days to canutillo at least that is what they told me at obregon's headquarters i was getting ready when an emissary came to say i could not make the trip alone overland with a mozo as had been my intention but would have to have an escort of soldiers you think you know mexico senorita but you know nothing these people up there are very different from those of the south they have been living the life of bandits for ten years and well it would not be safe all right an escort and thank you the next day another emissary this time from the provisional president de la huerta he would allow correspondents to go wherever they wished he would put no obstacle in anyone's way to me personally he would grant every facility passes safe conduct escorts but if i went at this time something unforeseen might happen that could develop into a serious embarrassment so if i would postpone or so i didn't go to canutillo last year but this year i have been i have just returned it has all been very simple the trip was as i had been told except and this was a disappointment the last lap was made not on horseback but in a ford and took not three days but three hours the next day when we were all at dinner at the ranch we were discussing automobiles villa wanted our advice about the best american car for his family's pleasure don eduardo urged a packard but i was strong for a pierce arrow at the height of the argument villa gave us a little smile well friends perhaps we can all agree on a ford no no don francisco not a ford but he meant it truly friends he said the ford is an exquisite thing he sighed and then laughed away he has how many hundreds of leagues in the past i have cavorted over the land in one of those little fords so strong they are so unpretentious and so to be trusted truly friends una cosa exquisita and in one of these exquisite things it was that we made the trip from the end of the railroad at rosario to the ranch of canutillo rosario a pueblito of a few low adobe houses that cling to the earth under great sky-reaching trees alamos cottonwoods under one of these the fordito waiting two villistas in the front seat they drive over and greet us cordially it seems another villa follower has come in on the same train a tall young indian dressed in a black corduroy suit and black sateen shirt his trousers are full like a parisian apache's and his jacket belted like a greenwich village artist's but his hat is puro mexicano 
he seems to be partial to hats for in his hand he carries three more of straw one big one medium and one teeny weeny in size like the three bears of the nursery story we saw him the next day carrying his baby around with the littlest hat proudly superimposed at a rakish angle the other two villistas the chauffeur and the assistant for no matter how insignificant or battered the car in mexico it always has two men on the front seat are not so picturesque as the indian like the majority of mexicans of the north they are dressed a la americano the driver has khaki pants and an o d shirt the ayudante blue overalls we get in the federal soldiers lolling thick about the station watch us curiously is there a garrison here oh no senorita merely the escort for the train but i think to myself that even with villa one whole year of farmer those in power have not relaxed their vigilance the suitcases are tied on the running board the indian has one too we are off in a flash the little town and the station are left behind and we are in the open country rolling grass-covered hills a brilliant green even unmarred like a vast lawn stretching out to fill the fastidious eye of some tremendous god dark trees massed against the skyline in enchanting groupings and over all and very close a sky so clear so pure one feels like a child being first told about heaven there is indeed something divine about the whole landscape its loveliness stretches on mile after mile without any sign of man or any of his works to once break the illusion its silence and its vastness and its beauty seem that of eternity of infinity of god so perfect in its spell it seems an unknown paradise not yet discovered by any angel here dwells villa i have never known a land of such celestial beauty and such profound isolation it does not seem to really belong to this earth one is aware of the sense of elevation but not as in the high mountains rather one seems to have chanced upon a new and completely separate level of existence one might be jack of the beanstalk just stepping from his glorious vine what far-reaching silence through it the car hummed ahead like a little launch chugging manfully through a horizonless sea then it lurched up over the edge of a hill like the crest of a wave and there the spell breaks for a moment in the sight of a wrecked village villa ocampo villa knew canutillo well when he asked for it for ten years it had been part of his fighting terrain the ruined village is swiftly back of the eyes again enchantment but here and there faint almost unsuspected signs of reality begin a solitary peon working alone in the midst of the wide endlessness a low wheeling buzzard three horses 
on and on we go up and down over the gentle breasts of these eternally old young hills a turn a little row of adobes that seem part of the earth itself like curious mud nests of who knows what strange birds a man stands in one doorway waiting the car stops he comes forward there is the usual mexican exchange of affectionate courtesies is there a letter yes one here you have it no more no more what a pity he turns the letter over wistfully in his brown hand evidently it was not the one he was awaiting a horseman comes up dismounts the horse standing bridle dragging the rider takes off his beautiful hat draws near senorita permit me to present general jose v garcia my first view of a villista officer thin intelligent face great pride here and great endurance my eye is drawn to the lovely carved cartridge belt and holster and to the gorgeous boots of soft brown leather fitting like a glove over the foot leg and knee delicately tooled and held together above the knee by inch-long fasteners of carved white ivory general garcia was the only man on the entire ranch with the exception of the jefe the chief via himself that i was to see armed but i was to meet other via officers and they were all to give me something of the same suggestion of men worn down by hardship to an unflinchable residue thin sinewy men with sad unconquered eyes it was here i got my first feeling of what after all it means to be a villista to follow the fortunes of one man for ten years through struggle triumph and defeat to be outcast with him to the farthest mountain tops not safe during years for one hour's release from vigilance hunger danger everyday companions general garcia's gentle voice would i not care to meet general onelas that was the old man's house the next the one with flowers at the windows these were his two daughters sewing on the porch i had heard of old general onelas two stories one of how when villa's fortunes were at their lowest and villa paper not worth the match to burn it the old general had sold all his possessions one thousand head of cattle and when they offered to pay him in good american dollars he had refused it saying i want only the money of my general villa and the other story when the old man came to live here at canutillo to be near his general in the final settling he found he had left behind four little burros so he made a long journey back to get them and hired a whole box-car to bring them safely by express yet there are people who actually will try to tell you that no mexican was ever loyal the car went on another long stretch of smooth green undulating plain one last rise over a little hill and there canutillo the hacienda of villa 
it does not look much like a ranch it looks like a small town several blocks of adobe houses along well laid out streets larger indiscriminate buildings on all sides there is a church big and beautiful enough to hold the worship of a large community beyond the church lies the hacienda house the dwelling of the patron the car turned into the archway entrance and stopped it was cool and dark there under the adobe wall we climbed out and went on into the sunshine of the patio a patio as big as a small block the house is built close around all its four sides we crossed to the left where the screen doors were and entered the sala villa's family reception room is also his bedroom a tremendous brass bed looms up in one corner there are a wardrobe a dressing table a trunk rack with a small trunk on it a parlor table a piano on a homemade stool by the wardrobe there is a bowl and pitcher of water a single white scrim curtain hangs at the one big window there are pictures a small oil painting of villa over the piano evidently a copy from a photograph other portraits and colored prints the walls are high and white and the floor is of native tile a sense of scrupulous cleanliness is in the whole room we were received by a young girl but hardly were we seated when the screen door from the patio opened and he came in swiftly limping slightly villa the jefe he does not look like his pictures better looking somehow different rather heavy with a tremendous chest like the pictures a white shirt corduroy trousers and a great double-decked cartridge belt and holster with pistols that too was like the pictures small head short cropped black curly hair small ears lying close rather fine nose large mouth black mustache strong yellowish teeth extraordinary eyes Villa's eyes are really remarkable they have all the intensity of deep-set black eyes but they slightly protrude and are brown and small protruding as they do and burning they give the effect of some fiery power within concentrated and bursting to come out these eyes impress one first and the sense of great bodily strength and the voice senorita here you have your house he says even the simple phrases of everyday politeness in a strange resonant voice of heavy timber but placed high in his head it is difficult to describe villa's voice it has an even singing quality and seems to come from far off to be detached something like ethel barrymore's only booming and powerful after a full exchange of all the usual courtesies we are finally seated opposite one another staring frankly after a long close silent scrutiny of me he spoke again here you see me senorita a simple farmer who knows nothing of what is going on in the outside world one so isolated he does not even see a paper 
anything that such a man can say to be of interest to you i cannot imagine but i am at your service and you are welcome i have been expecting you for two days the car has been waiting for you in rosario all that time that you might not arrive and suffer disappointment but i am afraid that i have little here that can please you only a ranch senorita a ranch that has been totally destroyed and that is very slow in rebuilding i give all my mind to this work and my men give all their will but we are struggling against great difficulties and it is slow perhaps you will do me the honor to return to my house in a year's time and then i shall be more able to entertain you as soon as you have rested i shall show you with pleasure the little that there is now to be seen he sighed and here i got my next impression of villa the one that was to grow stronger the impression of great of profound sadness are you not contented here mi general no i am not but he hesitated i should not say that you find it lonely here no no not that it is in lonely places i find my life senorita his spirits seemed to lift a little he laughed a delightful hearty laugh with little twinkling perhaps cynical highlights in it i remember one day during the revolution i came across a newspaper in a deserted rancho it said in big letters nothing is left to villa but the mountain tops i roared with laughter at those reporters nothing is left to villa i said to myself but what he likes best the mountain tops the laugh the sigh then but your brothers of the papers have not always made me laugh senorita in fact i think no man has ever suffered as much as i from the deceptions of the press been so brutally misinterpreted via el bandido via el asesinado via el enemigo de los americanos senorita i am not a bandit and i am not an assassin and i am not an enemy of americans surely you must believe that or you would not have come here as you have i have killed men but i am a soldier and never have i lifted my hand against an american just as an american will you believe me when i tell you that i did not go into columbus and that i knew nothing of the massacre of santa isabel he stared at me steadily a long moment then you must remember that i have had thousands of men under my leadership and that due perhaps to the defeat of our arms or due to the inability to get food there have come times of almost complete disorganization when but a few of the most loyal remained with me directly subject to my orders and the rest broke up into small bands roaming the country at will i was not responsible for these separated bands i could not be but oh how many depredations these have committed in my name before i could turn my hand and my vengeance against them 
he seemed to be pondering the whole matter deeply then he went on more lightly of course some of the things they say i have done i have done these i do not deny it is true for example that i kidnapped an american called joe askew and held him for ransom would you like to know something of the circumstances of that kidnapping senorita again the cynical smile and it was like this a certain american mining company here needed desperately to transport one million dollars worth of silver bullion from their smelter to the main line not having the confidence they perhaps should have had it is not for me to say in the carranza troops they asked my aid to transport that one million dollars in safety asked solicited notice that senorita they offered to pay me a certain sum say one hundred thousand pesos if i accomplished it for them well i and my men escorted that silver bullion to the main line at jimenez where you came through very good but now at that time i did not need all the pay promised me so i arranged to take half and leave half on call very good but but senorita some months later when i needed that balance payment was refused me a long pause then it was after that some time after that that i took joe askew he was the administrator of the san fernando ranch at lerdo i kept him sixteen days his ransom was the amount of that balance due me and it was paid senorita there are certain relations between certain mines and certain ranches by the very men who had refused me that balance before another period of pondering then it is true too that i have taken to eat for my men from americans and mexicans alike but not in pure robbery senorita but as a need in a bitterly fought and poverty-stricken revolution i have not only not been the enemy of americans but i have been their friend their protector there are many of your countrymen who have lived here who will tell you that but they do not write for your press in nineteen twelve when orozco was on the stampede and the situation looked bad i ordered all american families from the surroundings to concentrate in torreon i put twenty cars at their disposal when cars were like the very breadth of our fighting life i gave them all i could possibly get together of eatables i gave them mozos to do the work and an escort of my best men and i sent them through like this to the border in 1915 again i sent out hundreds of families under my protection and later again truly senorita i tell you that i villa alone have been responsible for the saving of hundreds of american lives and millions of american dollars millions of pesos of silver have been carried by me in safety from american mines to the main line of railroads and yet your people call me villa the bandit this weighs upon me this injustice weighs 
i wish your people instead of judging me through your papers would actually try me before a tribunal i would ask for nothing better than that to be judged for my deeds before an open court again the heavy sigh silence then the laugh the jefe was on his feet no matter senorita for i am a man in everything disillusionado de la vida disillusioned with life let us give you some coffee until the time of supper and then i will present you to villa the worker the organizer the farmer and builder the family came in to be presented the present senora de villa is a gentle pretty mexican woman about thirty she wore a white percale dress and her hair was brushed back softly into a small knot at the nape of her neck her voice was exceptionally low almost a whisper then there was agustin villa's oldest son agustin is nine then octavio about seven and two little girls each child came up and bowed very prettily and then ran over to villa and took his hand and kissed it he patted them all but it was clear from the first moment that Augustine, the oldest, holds the biggest part of his father's affection. This boy, senorita, said the jefe, can ride any horse on the ranch and shoot. Show your rifle to the senorita, my son. Augustine produced from behind the piano a huge rifle. It was bigger than he, so big he could hardly handle it alone. He laid it across his father's knees and tugged to take off its case, then its wrappings, then the leather breech protector. He held up the long, shiny gun barrel proudly. But that isn't a twenty-two. Of course not, scorned Augustine, age nine. It is a thirty-thirty. We are puros hombres here, senorita, said Villa. And then, tomorrow, my little son, you can invite the senorita to shoot at the target with you in the orchard and see who shall win the invitation accepted the gun wrapped and retired to its peaceful post behind the piano the children sent out to play and we went across the sun-drenched patio to the dining room this is another big plain square room of white walls and tile floors its only furniture a huge table with a bench on either side and a hat rack a window cut in one wall with a shelf below gave to the kitchen one had a vista of a stove like a restaurant range and two or three women servants at work we were served by an old ranchman named pepe coffee with milk and sweetbread and butter villa urged the butter upon us homemade from the cream of the jerseys did we not find it to our taste then he noticed don eduardo's ninety peso stetson lying negligently on the floor but what is this amigo when i have had a rack built especially for fine hats he ordered pepe to install the stetson in state he asked us about the united states what sort of man was harding what sort of man was this other one hughes what were their intentions to mexico what of the petroleros 
this oil question should be settled that is what he had said to those in power now in the capital the oil question must be settled first and with justice mexico must keep friends with the united states we were neighbors neighboring ranchers stood together when there was trouble from the outside and so it was with countries and there might be trouble for the united states from the outside who knows now she was powerful and all others were flattering and pretending friendship but in their hearts there was envy and all were whispering to themselves caramba que ricos están estos gee how rich those people are envy is a terrible force if trouble should come why mexico would fight for her neighbor of course the creation of false feeling between the two countries was all wrong it was the game of the politicos in both nations but the pueblos understood especially did the american people understand here was a pueblo culto a cultured people a people that could not be imposed upon that was the strength of the united states its pueblo culto while my poor people so ignorant so helpless so easily imposed upon he sighed his strange thick sigh and looked out the door into the glorious mexican sunshine we were all still a sudden sadness a hopelessness seemed to permeate everything the jefe's personality is so powerful that he impresses his moods overwhelmingly on all who are near him he brought his eyes back to us fixing us with his stare a democracy was a useless thing unless its people were cultured yes he had come to this conclusion worse than useless dangerous the only hope for mexico was to educate the poor people and for this they could learn much from the united states he himself had once lived eight months in california he could not speak english only a few words but he knew the american people he laughed now and went on when he was in san francisco he had two thousand pesos in his pocket but he was hungry all day because he did not know how to ask for anything to eat only a little fruit from a wagon finally at night hunger armed his courage he went into a restaurant and sat down when the waiter came he gave him ten dollars and pointed first to himself and then to the kitchen the waiter understood and taking his hand led him out into the kitchen and from one pot to another all the food was different from any i had ever known so i decided by the smell i said esta and esta until i had picked out enough then the waiter took me back to the table and brought me what i had chosen it was a good meal too the nose is much to be trusted later i went to los angeles one day i tried to speak in english to a gentleman on the street and he hit me i did not hit back because i did not know why we were fighting instead i stepped aside and followed him until he arrived at his home that evening i sent a friend who could speak english to this house to inquire why i had been hit the american was so pleased by my attitude he became my friend and later gave me a concession for cutting wood up in the hills i lived here with another american family 
and as the senora was not very well and as is the custom in the united states the house was without even one servant i used to get up early i have always been accustomed to get up early and make the fire and lay the table and have everything in movimiento before the family came down they liked me very much that american family and were sorry when i felt i had to return to my country and now if you are enough refreshed we gathered our hats decorously from the rack and went out into the white light again the beautiful white light of late afternoon in mexico Fia led the way across the patio to the entrance arch on the left the office a big oak roller top desk a filing cabinet truly an office said villa with pride on the right the room of los gallos row after row of fighting cocks piled in crates one on top of the other i like fighting cocks said the jefe i am a man without vices i do not drink and i do not gamble and i smoke but little but i like los gallos this is a beautiful bird el charro and look at this one el valiente ah here is one you will want to see wilson come here wilson he is not much of a bird this wilson but it just occurred to me then that the bedraggled fighting cock he was holding out for my inspection was named in honor of our former president not much of a bird you say laughed don eduardo oh he's all right only he stopped only what don francisco nothing i was just thinking that is all of course wilson was not my friend but never mind stabin better name one for harding was don eduardo's tactful suggestion after a rather uncomfortable pause the jefe laughed harding good i'll pick out a fighter the senora drew me aside what does that mean harding she asked and why do they laugh we left the gallos wilson harding et al and went out into the front passed the church to a building in course of construction workmen were very busy here this is the school senorita soon it will be done now the children go every day to an ordinary little house and a young lady hears their lessons but in a few months all will be installed here we will have desks books teachers all that is necessary the building is according to my ideas there were long narrow rooms built around the four sides of a court we went into the first one this is for the beginners you see the windows are high that is my special idea so that no child can look out and be diverted from his studies here all must be serious here children must learn when a youngster enters this school all he needs is inside these walls the key can be turned and nobody can get out except to eat children should go to school i shall see to that again the sigh i myself have never had one day in school not one day i am very ignorant i can read a little and write a little that is all and i learned after i was a man however 
now the laugh i can sign my name serious again but my son shall be instructed first here at canutillo where they will learn in the school from books and in the life of the ranch from natural things that is important for a man most important of all to-morrow you shall see at the blanco how my son agustin can shoot later i shall send them away to learn more in the united states then we saw the bodegas full of wheat how many hectoliters did we guess don eduardo must see if he could calculate ten thousand close good and see run it through the fingers was it not clean we saw the mowers and the thrashers and the ploughs and the harrows all american-made we saw the carpenter shop we saw the blacksmith shop then we saw the new stalls with concrete feed boxes for the horses we looked over the jefe's favorite mount and augustine's pony and many others we saw the cows and the goats by then it was almost dark we crossed a small stream on a plank and went into the orchard a wide path led under the trees the shadows were long it was beautiful there were many men just laying off work they stepped aside as we passed and saluted the jefe they were working among the potatoes and tomatoes and onions and garlic planted between the trees Villa stepped up to three of them will you friends have the kindness to go to the lower field and bring us some watermelons the men started off eager to be of service we sat on the ground to wait the talk was of different melons which varieties were the better that was something that was to impress me continually during our visit the so-called fierce and dictatorial villa asking our advice again and again on all sorts of subjects he said he wished to get hold of some seeds of american melons then the friends came with two fine big ones we took them with us to the house the jefe carrying one and don eduardo the other back again in the sala villa seated himself on a straight-backed chair and we grouped ourselves in a little semicircle about him first he called for plates and a knife while these were being brought he called for water to wash his hands a young woman brought him the little stand with the bowl and pitcher she poured out the water for him and handed him the soap then she poured clear water over this done she handed him the towel louis the fourteenth in all the grandeur of versailles could not have accomplished his ablutions with more primitive formality the little washing outfit was then put before each of us and the same general ceremony gone through with while villa proceeded to cut the melon with great deftness he proportioned the thin slices between us and called for boxes the young woman brought two and set them before us they were for the rinds we ate with relish hardly was this over when it was supper time the jefe it seemed never takes supper but he went with us to the table a figure appeared outside in the dark excuse me mi general but antonio is angry against ignacio martinez and has gone to his house for his pistol take it away from him immediately you and felipe and lock him up with the gallos for to-night 
está bien mi general the incident passed without comment later out in the patio in the fresco what profound stillness what an overwhelming sense of isolation how many many stars tell me friend said the jefe suddenly to don eduardo do you believe there is a god yes i do don't you don francisco i don't know i wonder sometimes i wonder very much and then i look at the stars so many and so mysterious and i tell myself all these questions are too big for the little minds of men to answer he stopped and pondered that is another characteristic a habit of pondering heavily when it is light and you can see his face you can actually see in the strain of his expression the great effort he is making to think to think out whatever is baffling him after one of these queer silent inward efforts he went on but if there is a god i say if my friend if and if he made the earth surely he is too good to have made anything as mean as a hell don't you believe that my friend there is no hell don eduardo agreed more silence more pondering then but of what good are churches to god friend or to men we have turned our church into a warehouse and we are all better off why even the saints on the wall have gotten fatter surely they have to-morrow you look and you'll see especially those on the same side with the potatoes i tell you between the rats and the saints it is hard for a man to make a living here are there many rats here don francisco whole armies of them we have fought them day and night until now there are scarcely any left but still there are fleas of what use are fleas friend if there is a god why should he make such things as a flea how could a god think of a flea that is what i don't understand of what purpose is a flea born only to idleness to eat and then to pasear muy paseadores fleas never sleep nor let sleep rats mice fleas what a fight it has been to establish order here do you not think friend you could send me some sort of powders to serve these last surely i will send you some flea powder don francisco how much do you want about fifty kilos but that's enough to kill all the fleas in the world well we've got all the fleas in the world unfortunate prospect for bed it was time after nine the Villa family, like most Mexican families, retires early. The children had gone long before. It seems I was to have the big brass bed in state. The jefe and his senora would hear of no other arrangement, declaring they would find themselves very comfortable in the next room with the children. The young girl brought fresh water. The senora turned down the covers villa put a chair at the head and set the lamp on it may you rest well senorita until to-morrow i undressed and slipped into immaculately clean sheets 
over me a white embroidered counterpane my tired dusty head on an exquisite handmade pillow slip so this was the bed of villa i blew out the light soon the door opened softly the senora's gentle voice the general says to leave the door to us open that you may not feel alone or afraid during the night morning seven o'clock no not one all night the senora was waiting to take breakfast the jefe had long since been up it was his custom to rise at four there was much to be looked after soon villa and don eduardo joined us they came from a tribunal afterward don eduardo told me about it you remember that little disturbance last night when don francisco ordered somebody's pistol taken away from him and the man locked up well the trial was this morning in the office very simple the jefe sat at the desk and the man was brought in the jefe asked him what he had to say the man said nada then the jefe said it is necessary that there be order here nothing but order the integrity of all of us is involved if you feel in your heart that you are henceforth able to comply return to your work as usual but if you feel in your heart that you are not able to comply tell me now and i shall arrange to have you and your family transported this very day to wherever you wish to go what do you say i shall be orderly henceforth me general that is well go to your house we spent the morning going around the hacienda how endless it was not a ranch not a little town but a separate state and over it all never lifting for a second that unearthly sense of silent isolation much activity men on horseback mule teams wagon loads of wheat scrapers but all the work going on very stilly no jangling of harness no clang of tools no talk of men silence shadows moving in a dream how to explain this strange unreal stillness that hangs over the hacienda of canutillo is it but the natural hush of vast empty low hills stretching out endlessly in clear high air or is there too some curious repression in the souls of these people now living there the repression of men moving dumbly through unaccustomed tasks the oppression of heart of villistas turned farmers we have no drinking here senorita no gambling no disorderly houses not even a baile nothing but work puro trabajo now and then a workman would come up to the jefe take off his hat and wait respectfully until villa would say what now friend excuse me mi general but shall we put the tomatoes in the small boxes or in the large in the small pack them not too closely and put one box over the other with sticks between in piles of six está bien mi general every time in the two days that any one came to villa for an order and they came to him about everything 
he answered them immediately without a moment's hesitation clearly directly finally as though he drew all his orders from some swift infallible source and i began to understand something of his power over men for how surely and how gratefully even the strong among us respond to complete decisiveness we went into the church now a warehouse it was swept clean and piled high with boxes crates and sacks there was a counter halfway along the front and scales but high on the side walls still hung the saints and the altar big and gilt was untouched but uncandled at the room's end we had hardly entered when an old peon appeared at the door hat in hand he came on the material errand of getting a kilo of rice but the surroundings were too much for his habit-trained devout old soul he asked for a kilo of rice and then one eye on the scale and one eye on the altar he crossed himself just then he saw the jefe and suddenly feeling his devotion to have been misplaced he put on his hat then realizing that was a breach to his general he took it off as quickly then he put it on to take his rice and turning faced the altar again and anxiously took it off pobre viejito poor little old man smiled villa taking it all in so good but so ignorant then he was serious that is the trouble with all of us senorita we are good people but we are so ignorant where is the man with the power to lift up my race he sighed again that overwhelming sadness i knew that he had once dreamed of being that man at dinner we had another guest general nicolas fernandez he had ridden over with his small son from his particular part of the ranch at san isidro on the river florido eighteen leagues distant he was another of those silent sad sinewy men the talk was ranch talk general fernandez was having difficulty over some water right it was a question of politics very difficult who is your deputy from over there asked the jefe i don't know those are things you should know my friend we must occupy ourselves with these questions now the talk was of crops and cattle villa said he wanted to go to juarez to buy ginado he asked advice of general fernandez of don eduardo and yes of me again that incredible eagerness to be instructed to be told to be advised and that strained drinking in expression with which he listens like an anxious child standing beside the teacher general fernandez thought the jefe would do better to go to matamoros than to juarez but don eduardo didn't like texas longhorns anywhere and i preferred herefords why did i prefer herefords why were they better for him than holstein's and what about jerseys and what crosses were considered best in the united states the talk drifted to great ranchers did i know the american of the cadena y pelayo ranch don jacobo jacob sweet that one was puro hombre 
as divinidades a caballo a real man he does divine things on horseback there was a gringo to be admired and general scott of all the americans he had ever known he liked best here he turned with a courteous gesture to don eduardo putting aside for the moment your friendship amigo he had liked best general scott un verdadero soldado a true soldier at the time of siesta the senora and i sat together in the cool of the bedroom sala she was sewing on a bit of thin pink silk what are you making senora she looked at me uneasily un toallita but of such fine material a doily she blushed and murmured something about it being for a friend we talked of other things the servant problem very difficult to get good help on a ranch she had two women in the kitchen and two men to do nothing but grind for them everything corn for tortillas wheat for bread is ground by hand on a metate and one man to wait on the table but neither the food nor the service of it was as she wanted and two girls to take care of the rooms but she must constantly see to everything herself they were not to be trusted alone to keep everything perfectly clean we spoke of the jefe he seems very sad i said too sad how can it be otherwise senorita when one has suffered so sometimes he tells me a little of what he has endured and it is more than i can bear just the telling i would like you to know some of them but he would not wish it there are things a real man does not speak of but perhaps if you would ask him senorita for example about his days hiding in the cave when your army was hunting him perhaps i don't know he might say a little we were silent for a while i could feel her looking at me then she got up and opening the wardrobe with one of the usual many keys of the mexican lady of the house she shyly brought out a bundle of tiny clothes and without a word put it on my lap there were almost a dozen little dresses of pink silk and a dozen of white linen all the same pattern but each adorned with fine handwork i never knew before there was such an infinite variety of stitches each little one different she whispered and blushed like a girl augustine came in shining with excitement we are going to have the target contest here is the rifle but where are the cartridges much rummaging through the whole house of villa to find any cartridges finally we are off augustine and i the contestants villa the senora don eduardo margarita and quite a gallery of villistas the blanco target was a white bottle placed on a stump at twenty-five meters i lifted the rifle but augustine a moment senorita do you not want to rest the rifle by a tree but no the little lad looked very unhappy then after a moment but senorita it is necessary that i rest it by a tree because i cannot hold it otherwise it weighs too much all right you rest it augustine because you are little but i shall shoot like this because i am big 
but he was not to be comforted please senorita do me the favor to rest it on the tree you too so that we shall be equal in the contest is it a disgrace i wonder for a grown woman to be outshot by a child of nine when that child happens to be the first-born son of francisco villa then the jefe challenged don eduardo to a pistol contest a bottle still at twenty-five meters don eduardo shot first villa's pistol even the jefe was impressed he turned to me his eyes shining with pleasure at his friend's prowess caray senorita que buenos tiros estos gee what good shots then the jefe good shooting but no better than don eduardo's perhaps not quite as good estoy viejo i am old he murmured when we were going back through the dusk he is forty-four again the sadness will you not tell me of some of the hard tasks you have accomplished in your ten years of revolution mi general ah senorita a man does not talk of those things well will you not tell me why you fought for ten years that is simple senorita i first went into revolution because life was insupportable for the low people during the time of dias and i was of the low people i followed the little madero then he was killed by huerta and i overcame huerta then was carranza but nothing was better for the low people nothing had yet been won so i kept on fighting until well now carranza is dead and how do you feel about the death of carranza his face darkened una mancha barbara a horrible stain that will defile the history of my poor country forever again that pondering then well he is dead and the patria needs peace more than anything else the patria needs peace so i have quit fighting i am a farmer when i thought it was best for my people i would not quit fighting and when i thought it was best for my people i would not go on fighting how many battles have you been in mi general a battle senorita and by that i shall mean combats where at least one hundred men were left on the field over one thousand and three hundred i have had luck eh never wounded oh yes of course i have a bullet here and here and here and here and in this leg not so lucky three and the last time three different places when we reach the house i shall show you why i shall never walk well again and why i have pain without ending that was when the americans came in yes will you tell me about that about your lying in a cave so long i have heard about it but there is not much to tell senorita after the battle of herrero where i was wounded my leg as i told you broken in three places i disbanded what was left of my forces that they might escape without the burden of me and with two men only both my first cousins i ran for the higher hills to a secret cave i knew we reached it just in the nick of time to hide but without a moment to get food we had with us only three kilos of rice and one and one-half kilos of sugar we lay there 
thirty-three days, senorita, thirty-three days, with nothing to eat but three kilos of rice and one and one-half kilos of sugar among three men. Luckily, there was water in the cave, and water is the most essential. There were in pursuit of us 16,000 carancistas and 12,000 Americans. On several different days during the first week, we heard them beating the brush all around us. But so cleverly had nature arranged our hiding place, never, unless they knew, could they suspect a cave. During the second week, I felt that I was to die, and I made my cousin swear to build a great fire of hardwood and burn me until not a piece of bone remained. My great, my only fear, was that my dead body might be taken captive to a foreign country. A long pause. Then, after a month of that, I thought it safe to try to go, and I directed my cousins to build me a stretcher of branches. On the thirty-third day, they carried me out into the air of night. Traveling that way, carrying me by night and hiding me by day, they brought me to the house of a friend. Here I lay some days while they hid food and all necessaries in another larger cave, where we then retired, but not in agony this time, for six weeks more, until I was cured. But cured is hardly the word, as the wound still pained, almost continually. We had reached the house. If you would look at my leg, friend, and you, senorita, and tell me if you think it will ever quit its aching. Again, that childlike confidence in our poor knowledge. Like a little boy, he pulled up his corduroy trousers leg and the white cotton drawers, and we looked at the three ugly, irregular scars, and both agreed on something of which we knew nothing, that in time it would stop aching. Then, after a moment, it has been wonderful, mi general, hearing about the cave. Will you not tell me of other brave things? I had made a mistake. This silenced him. A man does not talk of brave things, senorita. He does them. Your last ride from Chihuahua to Muskis? That must have been hard to endure. The endurance was my men's, and they endured it for my pride that I might not be dictated to, but be free to state my own terms. For this they rode 180 leagues across what you call desert, 50 leagues without water, going out of their minds, some of them. These men whom you see all around working, they made that ride with me. Supper time once again. Tonight the jefe asked for a cup of chocolate to bear us company. It was brought to him with a fly in it. Throw this out. Soon he was brought another cup. Throw that out too. Throw it all out. Do you suppose we can eat of it after such a thing? The senora looked her distress. He turned to her kindly. Don't cry, linda, pretty one. It is not thy fault, but of those stupidities in the kitchen. Women in the kitchen are no good, too careless. And now that you may feel better, I shall tell you of a surprise I have for you. I have engaged a man to cook. For dependability, always choose a man. He arrives tomorrow, 
a very good, a very fine cook, and above all, most clean. You will be pleased, pretty one. Again, the evening hour in the patio. Again, the stars coming so near, the silence stretching so far. From a distant doorway, a square of yellow light lies on the darkness. Beyond, a small, dull red fire dimly shows us the face of a bending Indian woman. Near us, the children, walking around and around in a sedate circle holding hands, their pretty voices singing softly. Augustine suddenly dropped the other's hands, came to his father. I do not care to play any longer, papacito. Está bien, what dost thou wish to do? I wish to do a turn in the night alone. Está bien, do a turn in the night alone, my little son. Augustine started off somberly into the dark. The other children, without him, lost interest in play and came to hang about the knees of the senora, looking at us shyly. My son is like me, said the jefe. He likes to be alone in the night. An old man drew near, and after being recognized by the jefe's usual, What dost thou wish, friend? He asked for orders for the morning, and got them with the jefe's usual swift decision. Then, Dost thou want anything further, friend? And the old man's voice, quavering with age, but with strong respect and cariño, nothing more except only to serve my general. Another sleep in the great brass bed, eyes hardly closed it seemed when the jefe, holding high a lighted lamp, stood in the door. Senorita, I am sorry, but it is the hour. Three o'clock, time to get up and move fast to catch the seven o'clock train from Rosario. Via's voice. If you will permit me, I shall light your lamp for you. He came like some kind woman to the bedside and lit the lamp on the chair there. My senora is rising to bid you goodbye, but she is not yet ready, and the servants are not about before four. With your permission, senorita. He went out, going softly in his sandals, limping as he must, always. The self-starter was working beautifully on the ford that early morning. We backed out swiftly from the archway that leads into the patio of the house of Villa. Goodbye, Don Francisco. Goodbye, mi general. Goodbye, senorita. Goodbye, amigo. Remember, here you always have your house. Until soon. Hasta luego. Adios. We turned into the black before dawn back to the town of rosario to the train to jimenez to the main line to the capital adios canutillo adieu villa yes i believe in francisco villa in the sincerity of his feeling for his country and for his people his people the poor the ignorant the helpless of mexico the history of his country offers no parallel to his career. Of ignorant men come to power there have been plenty. Of revolutionaries, plenty. Of generals, plenty. But there never has been one of these willing to lay down his arms for the good of all and to retire in peace to an inglorious life of toil. 
san antonio the whole border today is a hotbed of discontented patriots involving themselves in every sort of plot against the present victors in havana paris madrid new york others of thinner patriotism because of fatter purse squander the profits of former power villa alone stays with his land and works and i for one feel that his talents are being wasted i for one feel that in spite of his ignorance his profound ignorance he has great gifts extraordinary gifts gifts amounting to genius for organization for order for command this and a supreme instinct for handling common men i can see him at the head of a national organization of rurales of mounted police making mexico to its furthest sierra safer to travel in than central park at noonday yes by a whole lot i for one know of no man to whose integrity to protect and to whose power to defend i would more confidently entrust either my money or my life viva villa End of Sophie Treadwell Interviews Pancho Villa from the New York Tribune, August 28, 1921. Read for LibriVox by Sue Anderson.